real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is May 1st. It's a Friday, and for me, it's a somber day because it's um, my late brother's birthday, and I think about him uh, all the time, um, and how much I would have wished he would have been here to see this kind of history uh, going on. Uh, you know, uh, he uh, was suffering and decided to uh, suffer on his own terms without asking anyone, so... Uh, so it's a really hard day for me. Um, in news, though, what we can see is what? What is going on? Like, there is nothing but so much information. Yesterday, I was busy. Obviously, when I don't tweet, I'm busy on other platforms. Busy always. Busy, busy, busy when I'm not tweeting a lot. Because unbeknownst to most, you know, this takes... Um, a lot out of people, this, uh, uh, you know, looking into things, researching, putting things together and waking people up. I mean, that is the job of every, I would say, investigative reporter, right? Is to make sure that people get everything so they can put it down on the table and take a look at it. And, you know, it was a great time for me to recycle a very old article, over two years old, about two two years and from 2018, um, that had another article embedded in it. And that article was about introducing you to who Peter Strzok really was. And, you know, the funny thing is after its publication, of course, you know, Peter Strzok was then fired. And that's because a lot of things are coming to light. See, what he's done what he has or who he is is representative of who these, you know, uh, I don't want to call them soldiers because they're not. These demons are <laughs> that are part of the cabal army. Okay. They have been, it's a generational thing. It's a game of thrones. Like if, if I, if I, you know, I invest a lot of time and of my own money into all of this that I do. If I was able to, I would have like a cartoon show to just depict all of it. Because what we're seeing is game of thrones. You don't see it. You need to step back because there's houses and they're fighting and this is the way it is. <laughs> I can't explain it um, any any more simpler uh, than that uh, without depicting it. And I'm not a person that has the bandwidth um, to do to do much. And I apologize for that. I really wish I had the bandwidth, but I also have to try to work in <laughs> at this time and um, you know just move forward with whatever's going on. But. Um, how am I going to put all this information out to you without causing you distress? So you remember how Mike Bloomberg um, came onto the scene. I told you that the only reason he came onto the scene was to fund the DNC. Uh, you know, he, he's also a knighted, he's also a knight. He's been knighted by the Queen of England, for those of you that don't know that. He also owns John Hopkins University, who's really running point on this coronavirus, okay? And um, he has oodles and oodles and oodles of dollars, right? Oodles of it. And so 
yesterday uh, I played a clip from Governor Cuomo, which uh, pretty much let people know that he is involved in this again, not just from the aspect of John Hopkins University pushing fear, pushing numbers, right? But actually involved in helping tackle something that they want to call track and trace. Now, if you remember in March, Millie Weaver and myself kind of told you when you're going to want to do something, you're going to have to show your yellow Jewish star to show that you're immune so you can do something. This is a reality. You're going to want to go out into a restaurant. You got to prove you got vaccinated or you're immune. They want your biometrics and they are forcing you in the name of whatever to get them. This is why the only thing they have saying, we're not doing enough testing when we've done more testing than the rest of the world. You want to hear something else funny? Do you know where all this data from the Care 19 app that Doug Burgum only paid $9,500 for, but Mike Bloomberg's banking the rest? Do you know where that data is being housed? Yeah, you'd say Cloudflare. Actually, it's in Italy. Whoa, wait. You mean Italy, the epicenter of the European outbreak that supposedly had so many dead? Yes, that one. So here we are at the point where you're starting to understand that they want to catalog you ultimate catalog you, something you cannot evade. You can't burn your fingertips off and say, that's on me. They will have everything there is to know about you. Not only from your DNA can they tell who you are, but they can tell what you're weak at. So let's pretend they want to take you out like they did Andy Breitbart instead of using those, you know, heart guns, right? You know what they're going to use? Something that's tailored to you only. Something that they know will affect you only. Something that may cause you something just because you ingest it. Very specific. Something undetected. Something that can't be blamed on being taken out. Maybe maybe they want to get rid of, of all these people out in Flint, in, in Flint, Michigan. Because they've been exposed to lead and their DNA has this issue with it. This corrupt uh, you know, uh, pathway with it. And suddenly, there you go. Suddenly, there you go. You issue, you know, you make sure that a batch of Tyson meat or a batch of bottled water that heads into Flint, Michigan, because you could do that, you know, by barcodes, right? Is highly specific to eliminate a portion of the population. Are you getting where I'm getting with? Because when they know your programming, because that's what it is, you're done. You are done. And you know, What's interesting is there's a lot of things I want to talk about, but I can't talk about them until they're in public. So let's put, for example, the article I wrote about Peter Strzok, where it kind of broke the internet with Big League. I remember my editor at the time was Patrick Howley. He was like, what are you, insane? And I was like, dude, like, I know this. He's like, you have to find you know, something of public record. Guys, it took me forever <laughs> to find stuff, public record, so that I can link it together and tell the world what's going on um, and put it out there so they know who this clown is. So they understand that he's part of the dynasty. So they understand how he's part with Brennan. Because I'll tell you what, when successes happen, right? So let's pretend you're in a group of friends, right? That sit down and you decide, oh man, we're totally going to like chop all this wood for our fireplace. Let's get with it. And everyone's throwing their axe and, and when it's done, everyone's like, break out that 12 year old whiskey. Let's take a seat. Ah, 
conquer. We did it. Well, they like doing a lot of that. A lot of that. And kind of like President Trump, I guess maybe because I never, I didn't drink. And it's not because they don't want to go off the wagon. It was just, I was always a lightweight, um, just in general. <laughs> you know, I smell it and I'm, I'm like the cheapest date, right? You give me one pint, I'm done. So um, they would drink and I would watch. And I would, uh, you know, never drink really. So all of them would be drinking. I'd pretend I'd be drinking, right? And um, they talk a lot. And I learned a lot about things of the past where they're talking smack and they're like, Oh, remember. And you know, people forget you when you don't talk to them. And when you're a good asset and when you're doing your job perfectly, they tend to ignore you even more, especially when you're meek, because I could do meek. I could totally do meek. (laughs) I could totally do meek. So all of this is from the horse's mouth that I found out that I know of all of it. And see, What people don't seem to understand is that there's a lot of Peter Strzok's in the FBI right now as rank and file. They're really part of some black pocket of the CIA working at the FBI to have that link. Because in that article where I've exposed Peter Strzok, you will see, you will see um, another article that says that he was really CIA. You need to see that because there's a lot of those, a lot of them. And You also need to see how, you know, Chinese agents are being picked off the grid, like I said. But, you know, the funny thing is, is that for some reason, all the nations in the world thought that Brennan had control over every single asset because he was CIA director, because he made Obama, because, 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 because the wonderful thing. We're off to see the wizard. He's not a wizard. That's the thing. Wizards were in control. He was not. And so now when President Trump says, I know it came from there, rest assured that Brennan was not the wizard and that there are still people like in Millie Weaver said, you would never guess are in espionage. That's it. You would never guess. Double agents, spies, whatever you want to call them. You should call them patriots because they've kept their head down and they've kept it good. And they're never going to find them. Do you know why? Because they're in disarray right now. And there's so much going on right now in Asia that it's like, where do you start? Like, how many fingers do you have? Ten. (laughs) There's more than 16 fires going on right now. The 17th one's going to be the hard blow. So what do you do? We've got a unification of North Korea happening right now on the ground, organizing that. China's really upset, so they sent their own people. Oh, if you're distributing assets, you know, you have to... This is what's going on, and you don't see any of it. But they're just like, oh, he's just sick. Oh, he's going to... He's, you know, whatever. We'll let you know. (laughs) You know, these are the answers we're getting for the leader of, uh, you know, a nation, a dictator, a supreme leader no one's talking about. And it's like, wait a minute. Wasn't he like the nuke threat? Media's not talking about it at all. Not at all. And so one might think, what is going on? Are we being punked? We've got softball questions to governors when they're like, uh, so we're going to be extending this uh, stay-at-home order. Speaking of that, I have friends that are in Columbus, Ohio right now, 
that are to be, they were going to have a sit-in meal at a restaurant. And uh, this restaurant, uh, you know, is, um, uh, you know, just one of a, a very good restaurant, actually. And they were going to open. And it's like a German eatery. Um, you can order, uh, you know, through Grubhub or whatever. Uh, it's called Valters. And it's in Columbus, Ohio, and they were going to have a sit-in meal to defy the orders. Now, um, today, people were heading down there on South High Street, and um, I have friends there right now, and I was talking to them right before I got on air, but apparently the owner changed their mind. And you have to think, why? I was like, why are they changing their mind? They shouldn't. Let them get sighted. Sighted for what? Maybe they could social distance the table. I mean, we all sit six feet apart anyway, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. It's not like we sit on top of each other. Well, some restaurants you do, but they could position them in a way where they're six feet apart if they want to keep safety, right? But the problem that they're having is the retaliation they might get, revoking their license to operate, revoking this, revoking that. Unconstitutional, of course. But doing it. And I was like, come on. No, they shouldn't do that. They should open. Now we have a U.S. attorney in the Eastern District of Michigan watching. They have to say how it's okay that they can cook, cough all over the food if they're sick. You know, obviously hair falls out, spit falls out. I don't mean to gross people out, but that stuff happens. I mean, obviously people wear hair nets and beard nets and stuff like that. But, you know, whatever. I'm just saying. So that's okay. But then you sitting in a place, eating it. Because there's going to be people six feet away from you sitting in a place eating it would cause you harm or you'll get sick or, you know, whatever. Where, you know, turns out we've already been sick and there's no real reason for this. I'm, I'm just saying. Just saying. So here's where we're at. We have, you know, the mainstream media stroking these governors of supposed red states. Like we already talked about North Dakota. They're Chinese. Finished. They're, they're being bought. These people are tools. I, I, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, there's like a handful of citizens and a handful of state uh, senators and, 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 and members of the state house that are woke. And they're just like, guys, this can't happen. This. And everyone else is bowing their head down. They're terrified to leave their house. And it's like, dude, your neighbor's 20 miles away. Shut up. But you're okay to go to Walmart. I'm just, it's so insane. It's like, when did everybody become so stupid that they can't see? Who pays $9,500 for a nap? Tell me now that's being rolled out on a, Jesus. It's, it's as if people are just that dumb. Truth is in their face and they can't believe it. It's staring you in the face and, and then they, they, they go to church and believe in God. Supposedly that's a lie. Because God, you can't see him, but you believe him. Here you have something tangible you can see. Uh, and they just sit there saying, no. Mm -mm. This is the war we have. And it's not just this cabal coming at us. It's the idiots that are sitting there next door to you that really believe they're going to die. You know what? Just reach out and hug them. I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't come to me if you get in trouble for that. I'm just saying like this is this is where we're at. People are terrified. Listen, 
let's listen to this short clip where you you remember how Tucker Carlson went on that Maine governor, the 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 Gestapo, right? Well, and Maine by by oh my gosh, by the way, last weekend I was over at my friend's house, Irene, and we were playing like. Uh, another version of like nobody knew how to play this game. I want to say it's bridge, but it was really not. And there was only one person that knew the rules. So all of us were just trying to wing it you know, as we're playing. And by the way, I was, what well, we were 40 points away from winning with my teammate who sucked by the way. And um, anyway, so we were talking and I was like, dude, when, when, when this opens up or whatever, I just want us to go to Maine Cause it's like $5 a lobster. I just want to sit there and like fast for like three days and then just go to town on lobster for like five bucks a lobster, just right there. And we were talking about Maine and, and, and one of them said, I think it was one of the, uh, I think it was my friend's husband. I don't know. Yeah, Maine, you know, they're, they're like on lockdown or something. And I was like, would the Mainers actually stand for it? You know, when she goes all Gestapo thought, right? Cause I don't want to talk politics when I'm trying to like, you know, purge. Um, because I don't get any time for myself. If I'm not studying with my child and I'm not working to make money, I'm researching to write articles, researching, um, to put together things on various platforms, you know, to drop tweets and whatever, you know, I have to like maneuver things. And the thing is I can't put things out through a regular computer. It's not like I can sit on my regular computer. I have to like pull out all these things that have like 50 layers of firewalls. Cause you know, somebody wants to find out who you are. So, you know, Tor is great, but it's got to be, you got to have some beef up to access Tor, right? Anyway, so I wanted to purge it, but that sat in the back of my mind. So on the drive back home, I was like, damn, poor Maine. I mean, (laughs) Stephen King's there, right? Anyway, listen to how Tucker eloquently puts this together about Maine. The state of Maine has one of this country's least severe coronavirus outbreaks. So far, a total of only 53 people have died. As of Tuesday, according to the state's health department, there were a grand total of 33 people in the state in hospitals with coronavirus. That's out of a population of 1.3 million people. And according to new information flowing in from scientists around the world, we can be confident the state will not collapse if it does open back up. And that would be a pretty good idea at this point, since one in every seven people in the state of Maine is now unemployed. That's all thanks to Governor Janet Mills, who doesn't care at all. She's just ordered the state to remain closed indefinitely. Rick Savage has had enough of this. He owns a restaurant in Bethel, Maine. He says he's opening up tomorrow and he's daring the state to stop him. Rick Savage joins us tonight. Rick, good to have you on. Thank so you, I should just say at the outset that during the course of this last couple of months, you gave away over 10,000 meals to people in your community for free. So it's not like you're not engaged with the people around you. You are. You're planning to open up tomorrow. That's illegal in the state of Maine. Why are you doing it? What do you think will happen? Well, the order originally started. It was May 1st. So we were gearing up for that. We um, did what we were supposed to do. We closed for six weeks. We cooked for the community. We went right through our whole restaurant, remodeled it, cleaned it and it's time to open back up. We've gone throughout other parts of Maine. People are everywhere. I've got a restaurant that seats 250 people inside, a deck that seats 100, a 2,200 square foot patio. So I could put people at six foot space in everywhere and get open back up for business. So if each 
person does that in the state of Maine and tailors their business for what works and people feel comfortable coming in, come in. If they don't feel comfortable, call us and we'll deliver it to your car. If you want to go sit on the deck, sit on the deck. You know, we've tried to call the governor. You can't even get a hold of them. The lawmakers are left in the dock, both Republicans and Democrats. She's doing this all rogue on her own. So we've had enough of it. We're encouraging all businesses in Maine to open up. We should have never been shut down in the first place. We need to open back up, get this summer tourist business going, or we're going to lose a third of our restaurants, who knows how many motels and other businesses. So we're advocating for everybody, not just for my restaurant. It's time to go back to work. If people don't want to go out, quarantine yourself. We're a very clean restaurant. I got one of the cleanest restaurants in the state of Maine. And I'm going to challenge the state to come and see, you know, hey, this is what we're doing. If you don't like it, take me to court. And then if they do take me to court, I'll save my tax money that I collect this month, and I'll use that to fund a lawyer. So last I'm time just, I checked, you're in Oxford County, Oxford County, Maine. I don't think there are any coronavirus deaths in Oxford County, Maine. It's a state really comprised of small businesses which are dying, as you just pointed out. So I understand why you're doing this. What do you think the authorities, Janet Mills, will do? I mean, you're, you're, you're admitting this on television. What do you think is going to happen tomorrow? I don't think anything's going to happen because she's over her head. She's not consulting the experts. She's just doing this to break our state even more than we are right now. We're broke. We were broke before this. She spent our rainy day fund two months into being in office. So she's trying to get federal money from, this, from the government to bail her out. So if she makes the state look like we're broke, she's going to get more federal money. And she doesn't care about the people in the state of Maine. If she did, she'd be reaching out to these businesses. Yeah. I told them, it, it, when this first happened, I said, if, I called the lawmakers and I said, if you guys gave us back the tax money that we collected for you, the 8%, for January, February, and you suspend March, we could all get through this, and it would be really easy for you guys to do. You know the restaurants that are open to me? The summer business is not even here. They're not even open. So it's been really easy. They already had those numbers. We sent them the money. Never heard back from them. Matter of fact, I got a letter a couple weeks ago that said, don't forget, you still owe March's sales tax. Ah, come on. Janet Mills is the most incompetent, dictatorial, self-involved governor I have seen in a long time. You know, Godspeed, Rick Savage. Good luck tomorrow, truly. I hope you'll tell us how it goes. I I really appreciate Tucker coming on, and I hope all these restaurants will be able to open Yes, all the restaurants should. And I'm really disappointed that the restaurant is so fearful, not because they were sent a threat, but we all know, we all know what the retaliation would be. And the thing is, yeah, tax money. You know what? I was actually talking to a friend the other day. He's like, how are you doing? I was like, dude, like, how am I supposed to do? My paycheck was super small, you know, the invoice I sent off. And I, you know, and even though it was small, I was left with like 500 bucks because I have to pay taxes. And it's like, so you're taking my taxes, right? I still haven't seen my tax return, by the way. First time that I'm due something, anything, no tax return. And I'm like, how am I supposed, like, seriously, like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm there and I'm working 24 seven, except for when, you know, I'm studying with my child or sleeping or on air. It's like, what the, like, what does someone have to do? Like this guy, he has a restaurant full of product that can't be replaced. Like he can't. And he's like, I'm making no money, but you still want me to pay you government. Huh? What if everybody decided I'm not paying you taxes, period. I'm not paying you taxes because you're telling me like they sent them a bill saying you owe March's sales tax. Well, nah, man. March, you shut me down. April, you shut. I'm not giving you anything. That's the way people should respond where it hurts and correctly. Because when they come after you for the taxes, you could be like, yo, like, um, 
seriously right now. Um, you're asking me for money when I've made no money. You took 30% of what I make, right? At a time where I'm making absolutely zero because you've said I'm not, I can't work. Because you've shut down everything. People aren't traveling. People aren't out. People aren't doing this. So, like, then what? Oh, well, we gave you an ex- uh, uh, expanded employment. Well, pff, we haven't gotten that either. So, what are people supposed to do? This is, this is a question on millions of Americans' minds. Every single one of them. What are we supposed to do? Like, what? Seriously. And no one is talking about this. It's all about them. They postponed, right, the House convening. Why? What's coming out? Why do they want to keep their mouths shut? Why do we have to wait for the House? Just send the damn check, President Trump. Don't wait. Send it. Tell your Secretary of, you know, Treasury, dude, just write them the check. Finished. Don't make my people wait any longer. Forget this. Who hasn't gotten it? What state hasn't implemented? That one. Let's see. Everybody, fill your name in that has a problem. I'm sending you the check. That's it. That's all people want to hear. I'm getting the check and I'm going to be fine because my president is going over these greedy, hungry clowns to do it. They're begging for bailouts. No bailouts. Just like the guy said, if you kept on what you had, you'd be able to fund your state. Because when it comes to coronavirus, the state is looking after you. I'll see you guys all just after this short break. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, It's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. 
And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. So it's all about we the people, we the people not bending the knee. We should not bend the knee. Do not bend the knee. The people will, you know, come together. That's how it should be. The people rallying behind the person that decides that they will stand and defy. This is how it works. George Washington had to have people stand behind him to revolt against the crown, right? And believe it or not, it was less than 50% of, uh, you know, the army. It's the truth. People are craving freedom now because they don't have it. I will not accept to be forced to show a document that says that I am healthy or qualified to enter a place of business. That business that forces me to do so will not be receiving my money. A business that demands that you get vaccinated or tested in order to maintain employment should not have employees. This is the only way it answers. And all of you will say, well, you know, how are we going to eat? Don't worry about it. It fixes itself. I mean, I say that all the time. I've been out here putting myself out there, you know, think, you know, and everyone around me saying, well, how are you going to eat? It doesn't matter. I just, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because God will provide. You know, I've been thinking, I don't know. I'm just doing it. I just do it. Ah, love that hashtag. Just do it. And you see that things change. We, also, we always have to be brave enough to take that leap. They do not control you. You control you. They do not control us. We control us. The only reason that they're able to stand on a pedestal and tell you what you can and cannot do is because you've empowered them to do so. Take it back. See, they want us to be angry. They want us to rage and be out on the streets. They want us protesting with our guns so we can look threatening and crazy. What we need to do is pray and file suit after suit after suit or... I mean, there's always citizen arrest. I mean, if 50 people go and grab the governor and say, you're arrested, it's under citizen arrest. I don't see any police officer stepping in. I'm sorry, you're under citizen's arrest. You can do that. I'm just saying. You can do a lot of things peacefully and under law with the rights that we're afforded. 
We can have our own citizen grand juries. Let's have a citizen grand jury in every state where we hold them accountable. Let's do it. What are we going to wait for the judges that are in their pocket? Or are we going to wait for some miracle? This is where you organize correctly, not organize to cause chaos, not organ. You can't say, oh, well, this one person's going to get hurt. So it's okay. No, never. You use the laws that we have that protect us right now against them. And they are violating our constitutional rights. So what do we do? We draw from that. We're allowed to have citizen grand juries. Why aren't we seeing those across the nation right now? You can get a citizen grand jury real quick. Why not? Do, you know, actually, that's an idea. Maybe I'll do one myself. <laughs> Maybe. Why not? All of us should. Impeach them. Remove them. Recall them. All of it. Take them down. They have no power unless you allow them to have power. And for all those Karens out there and people that are scared of their own shadow, let them scream because there are few, they are very few and we are many. And we are the ones that are not going to use their tactics. We don't use Antifa. We don't use weapons. We don't use just chaos and loitering and, and ambushing things. We use the tools that are available to us. If every single person files a lawsuit, it's finished. I've already crafted three of them just with random. It doesn't matter. It's in the record, man. It's in the record. That's how it has to go. Everybody should be on that. Everybody should be on that. Listen to what Kevin McCarthy had to say yesterday on, on um, Hannity. But people are passionate now. They're like, they have assessed yeah. this virus. They've assessed the shutdown. We know it's ravaging. We've seen it. Uh, a lot of lives were saved. The measures have been extraordinary. A medical mobilization that will be studied forever. What do you think about what's going on here? There's something building and it seems real. Well, it's something America's always craved, their own liberty, their own freedom. You know, it's interesting with Governor Gavin Newsom's decision. Orange County, why did he pick Orange County? This is some of the best beaches in the entire country. Huntington Beach, Surf City, USA. They have some of the best lifeguards. But the local city council actually voted to allow them to open up in a safe manner. And when I look at those protesters, wear your masks, practice social distancing. We should do something even better in this process, but we can open up in a safe manner moving forward. And that's what these cities are asking for. Let them have local control, just as the president gave, uh, gave governors the ability to have local control as well. Why wouldn't he honor that with cities knowing best? You know, I think that the person that handled this the best is Ron DeSantis. High elderly population, yeah. he targeted them. New York, a disaster. Michigan, a disaster. Gavin Newsom did a lot better than New York and Michigan by far. I was on the phone with uh, Governor Newsom yesterday, and I thanked him for how he worked with the president and the president working with him. It was a very good example. I watched the president talk to, with him today about his press conference with the governor of New Jersey, praising him, telling, telling the president, thank you for getting all those ventilators, a life and death situations, moving things. The president moving um, a, a Navy ship here for a hospital, just like he did in New York. Amazing things that we have done. Now, the thing that we can do, remember, we're talking about a beach inside the heat this is not a good place for the virus to live but if if the 
If those on the beach could practice social distancing, just as you saw in that video, that they were, I think we could open some up and let the locals control how we go about doing that. 187 days. Donald Trump saved New York. No politician in New York <laughs> did. There's a big election, Carl. What? I there was a very big election. And what, yeah, no, right, well, the thing quick, I, I was go. saying is Congre yeah. Congress needs to get back to work. The thing I will tell you is doctors, delivery drivers, dispatchers, they're all working to help end this pandemic, but the Democrats are not. You're right. They're not working because they know what's coming. Now, I'm going to revisit an article that I published um, uh, three weeks ago, three weeks ago. And I said, President Donald J. Trump is contemplating a decision that is indeed a very difficult one. Does he open up the country for business or does he maintain it in shutdown mode? In, in, is the choice really that binary? So if so, any of those choices were a loser. Yes or no? Yes. So victories are enjoyed when opportunities are found during a time of turmoil. And the opportunity that I demonstrated was off of what uh, Governor Newsom had said. I mean, he clearly, he made it clear, right, that, uh, you know, um, he's reminding people that states are nation states. And I said, how does the president deal with it, right? Well, let the governors take the wheel. And that's exactly what he's doing. Governor Newsom made it clear in his speech, reminding people that states are nation states with their own constitution. Therefore, the best strategy is to do absolutely nothing and give powers to the governors. I said that. I demonstrated how bad this is. Super bad, right? How bad it was going to get. I mean, the Democratic Party has already demonstrated to the whole world that they will stop at nothing to maintain power and push their own agenda. Even though you're suffering, some of you are even dying, there are stores that are never going to reopen. But they have a plan, right? Just so you know, for each of those options, if he would have went, if he would have chose to open up the states, open up the United States, full blown business, taking that responsibility, they had a plan for that. If he chose to keep it in shutdown mode, they had a plan for that. So instead he said, you know what, balls in your court, boom, and he pops it over. And, and, and I clearly say, look, I self-proclaim myself one of the best in game theory. This is game theory at its finest. And I self-proclaim myself one of the most awesomeness. And one day maybe I can demonstrate that, but some things are better left unsaid. <laughs> Let's just say that. So, uh, you know, I, I was bold enough to put out this opinion piece. And I even said a declaration allowing governors to decide their state's faith. The people voted for them. Now let them take lead and show their constituents who they really are. Can you see that now? The federal government will not just sit, just sit back and watch. You know that, right? So we see it because I said it. If a state violates civil liberties of the people, the federal government will sue them. If the state does not allow the federal government to audit the deaths claimed to be COVID-19 or their justifications for removal of liberties, then they will not be eligible for federal aid, period. I said this three weeks ago. Can we see how it's happening? I mean, I have an advantage. You know, it's not fair. I'm a time traveler, right? But this is how it works. This is how it works. No one has anything to worry about because if the time traveler told you three weeks ago, and that's a pretty short time, right? I didn't make it like a year like I usually do or two years. But it, it, it tells you that things are on point. Things are super on point. 
And you have to understand that, that we're going where we need to go. We are where we need to be. But hey, Elon, I'm, I'm totally looking at you. I totally know you're super game to become, you know, you're running for president. I get it. I don't trust you because you want to terraform. I'm just saying. And you never respond to any of my handwritten letters. Just saying. Maybe one day I can get Elon Musk on here, me and him talking. Oh, my gosh, that would be so awesome. But um, uh, you have to understand that these are all the way uh, the, the things that we are seeing unfold in front of us is just the way it was supposed to go. This is how it was supposed to go. This is exactly how it was supposed to go. That we allow the states to show their true colors. We are seeing who's who and what what. You're seeing how Texas Abbott plays a great game, but now he wants to slap on, you know, ankle bracelets to everyone. You're seeing it. You're seeing it. Listen to what Ingram says, that even the experts don't want to admit that they're wrong because they lied. We say China lied and people died. Where, well, the mainstream media lied and businesses died justify their continuing stay-at-home orders even with covid deaths in their states relatively low they invariably regurgitate the same justification we're going to do the right thing not judged by politics not judged by protest uh, but by science not to be a broken record but uh, we're looking at data uh, we have to make the best informed decisions based on data and science with the information we have well, that sounds good, but are they actually listening to the science? And is the science even settled? Well, last month, before governors began locking down their states, prominent Stanford epidemiologist John Ioannidis made a prescient observation. He said, in the absence of data, prepare for the worst reasoning leads to extreme measures of social distancing and lockdowns. Unfortunately, we don't know if these measures work. Well, for raising this inconvenient truth or even questioning the orthodoxy, the good professor became an instant pariah in the medical establishment circles. Now, others just ignored him, hoping he'd go away. But new data seems to support skepticism of the effectiveness of social distancing. Now, wouldn't you know that our dear friends over at Facebook actually created their own database that measures and tracks social distancing in every U.S. state. They use two different metrics and they're examined. The first is called relative mobility change, which is how often someone travels outside his or her area, home area. The second is the stay put percentage or the percentage of people who stayed in their homes for the day. Now, if you look closely enough, you can on the graphic on TV, but we see that the states with the largest drops in, quote, relative mobility and the largest increases in their stay put percentage are also the states with the most confirmed COVID cases and deaths. Now, New Yorkers and New Jerseyans were understandably terrified about this virus and took the stay at home home orders quite seriously. But nevertheless, the virus continued to spread. Would it have been worse without the social distancing? Maybe. Do we know that for certain? No. Although the Facebook mapping isn't dispositive, it merely confirms or reconfirms, I should say, what we need to ask and the questions we need answered about the true efficacy of these social mitigation measures. Now, remember, experts don't like to admit they're wrong, do they? 
After all, they're supposed to be smarter than the rest of us on all this stuff. Well, then there's the other new article of COVID faith, masks. Now, like most Americans, weeks ago, I began wearing a mask while grocery shopping. And I've talked about this before, but I have been a notorious germaphobe for decades. And it's so bad that my fellow airline passengers, they used to look at me really weirdly when I carried out my ritual disinfecting, you know, regimen that I do with the sprays and wiping down. Well, now everybody's a germaphobe, right? Well, and in March, I thought if masks are what it takes to get Americans back to business sooner, and I assume they'd be temporary, then fine, what's the big deal? But then I started to see people fiddling with their masks, touching their faces, readjusting the mask, even shaming others for not wearing masks when you're outdoors and exercising, like running past someone 10 feet away. You're not wearing a mask. Well, I started to ask questions. So do these masks, a lot of them are homemade, really slow the spread of COVID? It seems like five minutes ago we were told they weren't necessary at all, and now they're as commonplace as sweatpants. Numerous airlines are, as of today, requiring them of both crew and passengers. And they're even becoming, well, masks are becoming kind of fashion accessories. But since we're supposed to be guided by actual facts, what does the science actually say about masks? I'm not talking about the N95 masks, which work pretty well. And they're, you know, in the clinical, in the hospital setting. But I'm talking about the homemade ones. They're kind of fun to make. We've made some of them here. Well, May Chu, a clinical professor of epidemiology at the Colorado School of Public Health, says the homemade cotton masks only stop about 2% of the airflow coming in. 2%. And those surgical blue masks that you see all around and people throw them away, they're in the gutters now, they're like an ecological hazard. While they're good in the, again, medical setting, operating room, in and out of uh, medical procedures, they aren't very effective out in public. Chu told Live Science. She said, these masks don't seal against the face. About 70% of the outside air moves through the mask and about 30% travels around the sides. In other words, the masks don't catch the droplets. Now, if experts advising our government officials want the rest of us to take them seriously, then their recommendations have to be reasonable and well-founded. And it would be nice if they were occasionally consistent. If they're not, you know, no one's going to listen. And if, and if they're not held accountable for being wrong, then I don't know where that leaves us. I'm telling you, be prepared, though, as all this plays out, for more petty power grabs. And I'm talking about of the sort we've seen from Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Today, anti-shutdown protesters converged on the state capitol there. Presumably, state reps listened, and they adjourned the Republicans without extending the state of emergency in Michigan. We'll see what Governor Whitmer does now. Apparently, she's just yawning. Americans, though, are smart. And now they're in self-preservation mode, and they're beginning to ask more questions. Now, first, let's get right to our top story. Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Starting to ask questions. So we're going to talk about Michael Flynn later. But let me tell you something. What if I told you, right? And you might be really, 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 really pissed off to hear this. But what if I told you that on January 12th, um, and well, actually it was December 29th, 2016, and then January 12th, 2017, two executive orders that were signed by Barack Hussein Obama have led us to where we're at. I'll, I'll explain to you. 
So this bat theory that we heard about is very important, and I'll tell you why. There was an uh, executive order signed by Barack Hussein Obama on January 12, 2017, designating the World Organization for Animal Health as a public international organization, being entitled to enjoy certain privileges, exemptions, and immunities. <laughs> now you're going to be like, Tori, animal health and, oh, wait, wait, okay? So I just want you to understand that this, um, uh, this executive order gave them protection under the International Organizations Immunities Act. That's something I would be totally up for revoking ASAP. And I think we need to start that and get that on a trend. That's actually uh, something that I've been putting together in an article. But like I said, I'm one person. I have other you know, platforms that I do things on. I have my radio show. I have a child. I mean, I can't, I also have to work because, you know, I, I still have to put food on the table and pay bills. So I'm working on this and I want to get this out, but I need to talk about it. So you guys can, you know, maybe over the weekend examine this, but the 79th United States Congress, one of the most corrupt ones, by the way, um, that did a lot and helped establish, uh, the Chinese communist party had actually passed uh, the the International Organization Immunities Act. And that was done on December 29th, 1945. Okay. Specifically, this was to strengthen the position of international organizations. Remember, Secretary Pompeo talked about it, right? On how they have power in this international court, criminal court. It means nothing. You're not in America. We don't care. The Food and Agricultural Organization, the United Nations, the International Labor Associations, uh, the WHO, international, um, you know, animal organization, like that's a thing. So you have to ask yourself, why did animals suddenly come in? I'll tell you why. One part is clone lives matter. Do you categorize them as human beings or not? And this is going to be coming out um, quite soon. And soon in my um, respect is uh, a little bit different. But I want you to understand that these organizations enjoy many benefits, so, uh, some of them are the, uh, committee of the red cross, right. Um, uh, organization of American States. Oh, what, what's that? Oh, that's another rabbit hole. You should go down. Uh, European central bank commission of European communities fighting AIDS, the global fund to fight AIDS, tuberculosis and malaria is actually immune. Are you listening carefully? Because yes, we know it came out of China, but who did this global fund to fight AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria? I'm saying if you pay the Holy See is part of them too. Like, yeah, they're immune. So you know how the UN went to Utah and said, oh, you need to get off. This is UN property. And you're like, what are you talking about? You're in America. Yeah, when we're here, we have that immunity and that privilege. We have that privilege. And so the International Organization Immunity Act states powers to these offices. Okay. And Barack Hussein Obama gave powers on the 17th of January, right? To the World Organization for Animal Health and considered it a public organization that was entitled to have immunities, exemptions, and privileges such as declaring themselves. So this is key. 
because these executive orders tell you everything. On top of that, you know, the fact that Barack Hussein Obama on January 13th canceled all the, you know, uh, you know, revocation of certain, um, uh, you know, sanctions on Sudan. It's called South Sudan um, because it used to be just Sudan and now it's just South Sudan. And remember where Barack Hussein Obama was a couple months ago. That's right, Sudan. And that's where all these clowns have been going. That's right, Sudan. So you need to focus because, you know, I've said this before and I got a lot of flack when I said this a year ago. The Muslim Brotherhood is not just a religion. It is an ideology based on a religion which is so radical, so insane, and so off the hook. Pay attention to what they've done to the paper because unlike to what mainstream belief is, these people can't do everything just because they feel like it. You have to catch them not doing it by the book. This is by the book. So if you pay attention to what they've done by the book, you can see where they're going with it. How do we have a problem in the Department of Justice? Period. January 13, 2017. Just strike that executive order. That is totally, totally simple. He signed another one providing how you succeed the Department of Justice. He wrote another one on how to succeed other divisions of our nation. Executive order. An executive order amending the civil service rules. Are you listening? He amended by executive order changing civil service rules on the 17th of January 2017. Barack Hussein Obama is going to go down. Why is no one? And I could have talked about this a long time ago because if you look on Tory Says, I talk a lot about these executive orders. But the time is now to talk about that. To talk about that so you can see how these rats have been staying where they are. That's why they're smug. That's why they're smiling. Use that pen, President Trump. Wipe that off. Get rid of it. Get rid of them all. Get rid of them all. I'll see you guys in just a bit where we're going to take take it from here and move on to Flynn. Move on to Stone. Move on to what's coming this weekend because May is coming in hot. Remember, it's the first of the month. Uh, oh, we're going to have a great May. Uh, it's going to be fun. May flowers. May the fourth be with you. We got Cinco de Mayo. No celebrating. What else? Oh, May. Cinco de Mayo. Skoda's Gate. I'll see you guys after the break. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. This is the second hour, and um, we'll get to more of what we should be talking about uh, that is more pertinent to us in regards to our nation um, in just a bit. I think the best way to start this, even though I want to stick to the executive orders and I'll roll right into them, just bear with me for a second, is how, uh, you know, this whole um, discussion about 
Brennan and Strzok is coming. I, I want you guys to understand how these Game of Thrones work. These people are just, uh, you know, the henchmen. All of them. Soros is a nobody. Soros is being phased out. He's dying. And Bezos is taking his place. Uh, you know, Mike Bloomberg is taking more of the financier role. You see that all of these organizations are all linked together. You see it every single day. And yet we sit there and it's still perpetuating. And none of us know how to respond to it. If all of this is here, then why is it that, you know, it's being allowed is a question. And I'm pretty sure the Attorney General Barr said, the Attorney General Barr said that he was going to be answering the Ask AG Barr questions. I want to see if he's going to answer mine. Because apparently, you know, a lot of people, the things that they're asking, when are you going to arrest someone? And I played that clip yesterday to you guys where he said, you know, things take time and they do. And, and that's the way it is. They do take time and that's the way it's happening. And we just have to be patient because we can't make things happen faster. Unfortunately, we cannot make things happen faster. I wish we could. I wish we could. So, uh, Here's where we're going to start off. I just want to talk a little bit about um, uh, General Flynn and what we're seeing. Obviously, we saw that, once again, we were all right again. Stone is not going to be going to jail. And, you know, uh, definitely General Flynn is not going to jail. Instead, we're going to be parading these clowns marched in, not like they haven't been yet. But I wanted again to see, uh, you know... Your morning guys break down uh, the details of the Michael Flynn case. You know, it's almost as if they're upset that this is coming to light, and it's it's so aggravating to watch um, that they're that they're acting in this way. So, take a listen to this. In. So, Carl, uh, you know, yesterday the news was that uh, that Bill's precept guy, after he had spoken to Comey and uh, and also Andrew McCabe, he wrote that note. What's our goal? Truth, admission or to get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired. And now we see that apparently the Crossfire Hurricane team, uh, they would look for dirt, couldn't find any. They closed it on January the 4th, 2017. And yet Peter Strzok, who was fired for misconduct, winds up saying, Hold off. As, as we just heard from Griff, there are a number of Republicans who are saying, we got to know more stuff about this. But the president is sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. He sees this. He referred to him as dirty cops yesterday. And now he's thinking about a pardon for Mr. Flynn. If he does, what does America say to that? Well, first of all, let's let's step back for just a minute, because remember, the original intent of the Peter Strzok directed investigation was to find out whether uh, Michael Flynn was, quote, directed, controlled by or coordinated activities, end quote, with Russia. And when they could find no evidence of that whatsoever, uh, the, the, there's a recommendation to close the investigation. It's after that point that they try and go after Flynn for having talked to the Russian ambassador during the transition period and try, in order to prosecute him under the Logan Act, 1799, an act passed by John Adams and the Federalist Congress when, when Adams was upset about a guy named Dr. Logan who, was, who, was, who he thought rep, trying to rep, uh, portray himself as representing the U.S. government abroad. It has it's deemed to be largely unconstitutional. Only two prosecutions have ever been tried under it. Neither one have succeeded. The last one was 150 years ago. And the idea that the incoming 
national security advisor should not during the transition period have contact with the Russian ambassador is laughable. But that's only part of all of this. We also have this issue of, and, and, and clearly, the Peter Strzok being in charge of this, they were trying to get Flynn on whatever they could. So when they couldn't find that he was directed, controlled by or coordinated activities with the Russians, they then try and get him on this really stupid thing of the Logan Act. But we do also have this separate issue of, of his failure to register as a foreign agent being paid by the Turkish government through an intermediary, I think from in the Netherlands, in order to get a try and get an uh, a, an opponent, a political opponent of of the Turkish government that lives in the United States, extradited to to Turkey, which would probably have resulted in that man's death. That's a separate issue. I would say this. Bill Barr, attorney general, has appointed Jeffrey Jensen, the U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Missouri, to investigate all of these things around Flynn. And I think we ought to suspend our complete judgment until he completes his investigation. These documents came out as a result of his investigation. We now know, looking at this one part of the Flynn case, that, that Strzok was trying to get him on a completely phony deal after failing to come up with any evidence on the more substantive issue of directed, controlled by, or coordinating activities with Russia. It sure stinks, at least this part of it, but let's wait until Jensen gets all of his work done. Carl, when you take a step back, as you always like to do, and analyze whether there is a deep state and whether they were out to get, look at the Mueller report, the impeachment, and now the Flynn investigation, when you look at all that, do you believe there was a plot to get the president, or is it simple opposition to the president that we see in every other administration? What is your analysis as of today? No, no, look, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, the, uh, what we have seen of that, that this was, these were rogue agents in very powerful positions who were acting in a completely inappropriate way. When we look at the activities of James Comey, we see an inappropriate activity by the director of the FBI. Now, uh, you know... There's no way that you can excuse the things that the, those people did. The, 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 I, I trust the FBI to, uh, generally, but we had some bad actors, and we have now seen a trail of email messages, you know, love, love, love texts between Strzok and Page, Comey's activities, Comey's actions. I mean, Comey lies to the president of the United States, says, no, no, we don't have Flynn under investigation. Well, at that very moment, he knew that he was under investigation and that they were, that they mm-hmm. were focused on. The the Logan Act, for God's sake. I mean, please. Uh, you know, the idea that you're going to knock out the national security advisor because he had a conversation with the Russian ambassador and you can't get him on the substantive issue directed, controlled by or coordinating activities with. And instead, you're going to go after him under the Logan Act is laughable. Now, but again, we got to be a little bit careful because we have some other things that are pre Trump administration activities. Failure to register as a foreign agent. That's a serious question. Again, let's withhold judgment on the whole galaxy of things until uh, 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 U.S. Attorney Jensen finishes his work. Yeah, they ruined his life um, because of that phone call so or that conversation. Um, do you think that the president should still pardon him, though, or should he wait till Jensen completes that investigation? Uh, I think the American people would feel better about whatever action the president decides to make if Jensen completes his activity, makes a report, and and we have time as an, as the American public to gnaw over it. Uh, yes, yeah, so the, the, clearly on the issue of going after him for his conversation with Ambassador Sislak, that we now know enough to to conclude this was Peter Strzok. 
this maybe was part of his insurance policy activities to get the president of the United States. But let's wait until Jensen does all of his work. I think the president would be well advised to wait until all of that is done and then have, in essence, the the uh, the input of an independent authority who has done a rigorous investigation of all of these issues. And we thought they'd already done that, which apparently they have not. All right, uh, Carl. Yeah, they have not, guys. So as you could see, they haven't done their their job. And as you can see, people are kind of thinking, well, what's happening here? And here's where Hannity kind of, uh, you know, takes it. Takes it to another level by saying it's coming. Justice is coming to all those that abused power. Take a listen. Flynn is, has always been an innocent man. And now it is more clear than ever that a few corrupt, high ranking, deep state bureaucrats set him up. They were all bragging about it. And tonight, all signs point to the corrupt so-called leadership of a higher calling honor, Mr. Super Patriot Jim Comey. Why? Because according to newly unredacted FBI documents just released today, in early January 2017, the FBI, the Bureau, determined that Flynn was, quote, no longer a viable candidate as part of Crossfire Hurricane. There was no collusion. He did nothing wrong. These documents report that there was no derogatory material on Flynn in the FBI files. No derogatory material in the Defense Intel Agency files. No derogatory material in the CIA files. And by January 4th, the case against Flynn, they said it was going to be dropped. That is until the corrupt upper echelon. Think about it. We're talking about it if it's, if it's, as if it's normal. They were investigating Flynn before they entrapped him. So they wanted to find something. This is what corrupt people do. They give you a thorough colonoscopy. I don't even want to listen to the rest of it because he's assuming that it's only the upper echelon. <laughs> and it's not. We're talking. <laughs> this is just the tip of the sphere. So let's go to our friend Tucker, who's going to say the saga is even worse than we guessed. We all knew it was worse. But, you know, wait, it gets better. Just so that you can see how the president's 20 steps ahead. Uh, promise me. Uh, I, I promise you that you, you'll get it. We're going to revisit these executive orders because this is about to blow your mind just so you can see how May 1st is setting the tone. General Michael Flynn, like so much else that has happened recently in America, the Flynn story lays bare the architecture of control that's been present just beneath the surface of this country for a long time. For reasons we still don't fully understand, Michael Flynn deeply offended permanent Washington somehow. So they decided to destroy him. They pretended to believe he was a secret Russian agent, and then they entrapped him on a completely bogus perjury charge. When he resisted, they threatened to hurt his son until he signed a confession. It sounds like something that happens in China. It happened here in the middle of our capital city, Washington. We've known that for a long time. What we didn't know was that there is an extensive written record that proves all of this happened. And in fact, the truth is worse even than we guessed. According to newly released documents on January 4th, 2017, FBI agents decided to close their investigation of Michael Flynn and his ties to Russia. After much searching, they had found, quote, no derogatory information about Flynn. So it was over. He was in the clear. But it wasn't over. Corrupt FBI official Peter Strzok demanded that the investigation stay open until the Bureau could invent a crime and crush Michael Flynn. And in the end, that's what happened. There is nothing worse than this. It's how the secret police operate in third world dictatorships. 
And it's exactly how Peter Strzok operated. And then he lied about it extensively. Listen to Strzok's greasy self-righteousness in congressional testimony two years ago. Not once in my 26 years of defending our nation did my personal opinions impact any official action I took. This is true for the Clinton email investigation, for the investigation into Russian interference, and for every other investigation I've worked on. It is not who I am, and it is not something I would ever do, period. I understand that my sworn testimony will not be enough for some people. After all, Americans are skeptical of anything coming out of Washington. But the fact is, after months of investigations, there's simply no evidence of bias in my professional actions. What an oleaginous liar. He should be in prison, literally. And in fact, if the FBI treated its own officials the way it treats its political opponents, Peter Strzok would be serving a multi-year sentence for the statement you just saw. Pretty much everything he said in Congress was perjury. But that's not what happened. Instead, the FBI continued to let Peter Strzok meddle in American politics, in our democracy, the one they claim they're protecting. It was Strzok who decided that Hillary Clinton's secret email server was merely extremely careless instead of grossly negligent. The distinction was between a crime and not a crime. He let her off the hook. It was Strzok who bragged to his mistress about building a, quote, insurance policy against Trump's election and promising to, quote, stop him, meaning Trump. In January of 2017, it was Strzok who kept the bogus Russia investigation going. Hey, he wrote to a colleague on January 4th, don't close Razor. That was the internal name for the Michael Flynn investigation. That very same day, Strzok sent out a 14-page document about an obscure law called the Logan Act. The Logan Act has been around for 200 years. It bans private citizens from conducting diplomacy with foreign countries. No one in American history has ever been convicted of violating the Logan Act. In fact, the last indictment under the Logan Act was before the Civil War. In fact, the law may be unconstitutional. None of that mattered to Peter Strzok. The Logan Act was the weapon to bash Michael Flynn. That same day, Strzok texted his girlfriend, quote, Razor still open, serendipitously good, I guess. You want those chips and Oreos? Whew, she replied. That's amazing that he is still open. Good, I guess. At this point, it was over for Michael Flynn, though we didn't know it. The FBI arranged an interview with Flynn at the White House. He had no idea what was coming. According to handwritten notes, FBI officials plotted to, quote, get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired. It worked. Flynn misstated a fact about a meaningless phone call with the Russian ambassador. The FBI had spied on that phone call, so they knew. Flynn's life was over. His family was destroyed. In late 2018, after he had already cashed it on his book bragging about himself, former FBI director Jim Comey laughed about how easy it was to set Flynn up. Look at this White House now, and it's hard to imagine two FBI agents ending up in the state room. How did that happen? I sent them. Um, <laughs> um, something we, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration. I thought it's early enough. Let's just send a couple guys over. <laughs> and so... Uh, we placed a call to Flynn, said, hey, we're sending a couple guys over. Uh, hope you'll talk to them. He said, sure. Nobody else was there. They interviewed him in a conference room at the White House Situation Room, and he lied to them. And that's what he's now pled guilty to. What did he think they were coming over there for? 
I don't think he knew. I know we didn't tell him. Oh, it's all pretty funny. Destroying someone's life and destroying his family because they're in the way of the power you seek. You would have to be a dark, cold person to chuckle about something like that, and Jim Comey definitely is the darkest and the coldest. We want to be clear at this point that we're not personally close to Michael Flynn. He's not some secret friend of this show. This isn't about one man. It's about our country. You don't want to live in a society where the most powerful agency in government imprisons people it doesn't like. That is horrifying. Oh, but it's all so true. They try, they try all the time. They try. They try. They will lock you in no matter what. They will squeeze you till the last. I mean, whoa, you're going up against them. They've got unlimited pockets. What do you got? They have the media in the pocket. What do you got? So you got your truth. What's next? This was a general and they did it. So I'm going to take you down so you get what we're saying. So yesterday, um, the president um, was talking, right? He had his little conference. I want to play a little portion of it. I'm going to run through commercials, even though I want to play, um, you know, our President Trump um, ad, the Laura Loomer. Please donate at lauralumerforcongress.com. Always remember, you can go to the Mike Flynn Defense Fund and the... Um, Stone Defense Fund, please. Uh, these people do need us. And, uh, you know, I, I just can't stress that enough because we need to be united behind people that need our help. Okay. So I'm going to play a portion of this because it's super telling. And then we're going to boom down to the last tweet that I did, which is an executive order signed today, which, uh, you know, the minute it was signed, I'm pretty sure I heard Governor Doug Burgum's butthole pucker all the way from North Dakota because it's pretty insane. And we'll go into that because uh, no one's really talking about it. Uh, we talk about the things that we've done in a short period of time. I mean, all you heard about was ventilators. That's a hard thing. We uh, energized factories that didn't build ventilators. They were building cars and other things, and now we're building thousands a week. And it's been uh, very spectacular. It's been really spectacular. So, yeah, I think uh, I don't think anybody's done a better job with testing, with ventilators, with all of the things that we've done. And our, our uh, death totals, our numbers per million people, are really uh, very, very strong. We're, we're very proud of the job we've done. We had very little to work with because the previous administration left us very little. Uh, Quick please, follow, go Mr. Ahead. President. Thank you, Mr. President. Go ahead. Why don't you go and then you go. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. You signed that executive order this morning dealing with the uh, counter-narcotics operations that you have going on in the Western Hemisphere right now. Why the need for more manpower? And do you think your government is any closer to the goal of having each other world leave office? Well, I need it, and I sign it, and we do have executive orders, and they help us a lot, and they've helped us a very lot here. Uh, we also uh, sign things having to do with production, as you know. I've used that very, very powerfully, the act. Uh, and uh, oftentimes, I didn't have to use it. I just had to talk about it. No, I'm only signing when we want something, where we want, uh, when we need additional manpower or brain power or whatever it is we're looking for at the time. But uh, we, again, we've done things that uh, I don't think anybody else has been able to do what we've done. And this is a big country, too. This is a very big country, as you know. And I'm very proud of the country. I'm very proud of the way they, uh, they've stepped up. Now, things are opening. Uh, as an example, Governor Lee is 
doing a great job in opening up Tennessee, and he's opening it up rapidly and safely. I think he, he said to me two words, I think, about safe and rapid. And I think safe was the first one you mentioned, in all fairness, but it was safe and rapid. He's doing it uh, quickly and safely, and uh, Tennessee's a great story. But we have uh, other governors, friends of both of ours, that are doing really a good job. Uh, I will say this, Governor Murphy and Governor Cuomo have a a tougher situation because that's really a hotbed. That's a, it's a very, very dense area. People don't realize. I think New Jersey, believe it or not, is the single most dense area in the country. Who would think that? But uh, the governor's done a, a terrific job. And Governor Cuomo, likewise, is working very, very hard and speaking to me all the time. And whenever we can help him, we do. And we're helping him, and he's helping uh, his state. That's what he has to do. Thank you. I think the operation is doing really well. I think that uh, things are being discovered that you wouldn't have thought possible. Uh, the Abbott machine, Abbott Laboratory, is a great, great uh, scientific company. They came up with a machine that I would say two months ago nobody ever heard of this machine. And all of a sudden, boom, the people come into my office, they get tested, it takes them five minutes, and they feel very good. <laughs> Some of them have never been tested. But these are, you know, equipment and uh, equipment and, and tests that nobody ever thought even possible three or four months ago were being, are being used commonly now. I looked at the numbers, and we're over six million tests. And you add up everybody together, they don't have anywhere near that. So it's, a, it's an incredible thing. And it would be great if the media could really portray it the way it is, because we've done some uh, unbelievable work. And when somebody uses the word successful, I mean, it really has been successful. It's been very successful. But if you look at mortality and mortality rates, uh, you know, this country, it's a very sad thing to be talking about. Whoever thought you'd be talking about such a thing two months ago was impossible. All we talked about was the economy, how well it was going. But Today, we have to talk about that. Our country has really stepped up. Our generals have stepped up, and our admirals have stepped up. By the way, Admiral has done a fantastic job, as you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're very proud of everybody. This whole room has been very amazing. Okay, who's next? Mr. President, Mr. President. You, you have said that China is doing everything it can to make sure you don't get reelected. What specifically are they doing? Well, China doesn't want to see me elected, and... Uh, the reason is that uh, we're getting billions and billions of dollars, many billions of dollars a month from China. China never gave our country anything. China gave us nothing, not 10 cents. And whether it was uh, Biden in charge of China, which was a joke because he ripped off — they ripped off our country for eight years. And uh, in all fairness to uh, Biden and Obama, this went on long before they got into office. I mean, you can go through many administrations until I came along. Uh, and then we signed a trade deal where they're supposed to buy. And they've been buying a lot, actually. But uh, that now becomes secondary to what took place with the virus. The virus situation is just uh, not acceptable. Do you think that withholding information about the virus is related to them trying to undermine your reelection? No, I don't, I don't want to put any uh, — cast any dispersions. I just will tell you that China would like to see uh, sleepy Joe Biden. They would take this country for a ride like you've never seen before. Biden. Biden. Mr. President. Biden. Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President. Yes. Uh, yeah, please. Right. With the unemployment numbers coming out today, 
30 million now unemployed. Have you given any thought to possibly extending the 600 extra dollars in unemployment benefits that are that are given out now? They will run out, and that will run out in yeah. July. Uh, they are looking at it, and they're taking a very strong look, and we'll be reporting to you very shortly. Uh, I will say this. Uh, obviously, this is what it is. It's this period of time. But I think I view the third quarter as a transition quarter. And I think you're going to have a very strong transition. And then I think the fourth quarter is going to be incredibly successful. I think next year we're going to have a phenomenal year economically. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President. you keep referring to China, but do you hold President Xi Jinping responsible for misinformation? Well, I don't want to say that. Uh, I don't want to say that. But certainly uh, it could have been stopped. It came out of China and it could have been stopped, and I wish they stopped it, and so does the whole world wish they stopped it. John? Mr. President, Mr. President say on, on unemployment, uh, there are many businesses who are concerned that as America opens back up again because of a provision in the CARES Act that right. gives an additional $600, they won't be able to get their employees back because they'll make more money staying at home than they would if they come right. back, came back to work, which has caused some governors to suggest that they might strip those people of their unemployment insurance if they refuse to go back to work. Is that something you would support? Well, we're looking at a lot of different things. I brought this up before it was done. This was a Democrat point, And I said, you know, some people are going to be treated unfairly. And some people are be treated, uh, you know, they didn't get into the kind of formulas the way I saw it. I said exactly that this was going to happen. But uh, when you think about it, it's basically we're being generous with people that it's short term. And we're being very generous with people that lost their jobs or potentially would lose their jobs. So it's not the biggest problem uh, that I've ever heard of. They're getting a little bit more money. In some cases, they're getting more money than they thought they would have gotten. Uh, a lot of employees are saying now the job is more important because the employer is not going to forget that. And But it was something that I brought up at the beginning, and nobody wanted to listen. Yeah, please. Follow up regarding uh, Joe Biden. Your campaign and surrogates going after him pretty hard with regard to these allegations from Tara Reid. What do you say no, to Joe Biden? I don't Biden? think so. I don't think they're going after him hard with regard to Tara Allegations, Reed. and what do you say to Joe I Biden? I don't know anything about it. I, I don't know uh, exactly. I think he should respond. You know, it's... Uh, it could be false accusations. I know all about false accusations. I've been falsely charged numerous times. Uh, and uh, there is such a thing. Uh, if, you look at, uh, if you look at Brett Kavanaugh, this is an outstanding man. He was falsely charged. What happened with him was an absolute disgrace to our country. And I guess three of the four women have now admitted that. And of the fourth, Give me a break. I mean, take a look. Uh, 36 years. Uh, that is, uh, look, this is a fine man. I saw a man suffering so unfairly. I'm talking about Brett Kavanaugh. So, but I don't know. I can't speak for Biden. I can only say that I think he should respond. I think he should answer them. Another question on Biden, yes, Mr. Sir. President. Another question Thank on Biden. Thank you, sir. Uh, on China, a moment ago, you said that China, it's possible they could have chosen not to stop the spread of the virus. Are you insinuating they intentionally let it spread? Well, they could have done it. And, and I'm just saying, well, one of two things happened. They either didn't do it and, you know, they couldn't do it from a competent standpoint or they let it spread. And, uh, I, you know, I, I would say probably it was got, it got out of control. But, you know, there's another case that how come they stopped all the planes and all of the traffic 
from going into China, but they didn't stop the planes and the traffic from coming into the United States and from coming into all over Europe. I mean, look at Italy. Look what happened to Italy. And it's very lucky. This country is very lucky, and I'm very lucky that I put the ban on China. As you know, very early on in January, we put the ban on in China, and that was a very early day. That wasn't a late day. That was an early day. Then we later put the ban on in Europe. And if we, uh, we didn't do that, as Alex knows, we would have had a problem like you wouldn't have believed. We would have had a, a problem much bigger. But then you take a look at what happened to Italy. A lot of those people went to Italy instead. And it's been a very, very tough place, Italy. And they're holding, holding them accountable. Is that something you prefer to do now in the next no, few weeks? No, I don't want to do that. I want to find out what happened. I think we'll be able to get a very good, uh, very powerful definition of exactly what happened. We're working on it strongly now, and I think it's going to be very powerful. Uh, but they could have stopped it. They are a very brilliant nation, scientifically and otherwise. It got loose let's say, and they could have capped it. They could have stopped it, but they didn't. And But they stopped planes from going to China, but they didn't stop them from going to the rest of the world. What was that all about, Jim? Just to help us out on this, to follow up on Jordan's question, you praised China in the past. So what's changed? When you tweeted, China's been working very hard to contain the coronavirus. The U.S. greatly appreciates their efforts and transparency. Yeah. Uh, it will all work out well. What has changed between then, when you were saying those things about China, and now? Well, what's changed is the following. We did a trade deal, and everybody was very happy. There's nobody ever been tough on China like I've been tough on China. I got elected, at least partially, because of borders and military and different things. But one of the things I'd say is how China and other countries are ripping us off. Uh, and we're going to elaborate on that, because he just signed an executive order today uh, in regards to that. So recently, we signed a trade deal with China a number of months ago. China is buying billions of dollars worth of our product, our farm product and other product, manufacturing product, and it's been a great deal. But then we noticed a virus, and it's not acceptable what happened. It came out of China, and it's not acceptable what happened. And now what we're doing, Jim, is we're finding out how it came out. Different forms. You know, you've heard all different things. You've heard three or four different concepts as to how it came out. We should have the answer to that in the not-too-distant future, and that will determine a lot how I feel about China. But when I was, of course, I was very rough with China. I mean, Biden, as an example, the previous administration, they let China rip off this country like nobody's ever ripped off this country. Now, what I did is I took that, I took that, Jim, I took that and I made it into a great deal for our country. But after that, all of a sudden, we heard there's a virus and a virus is coming in. That changes my mind very greatly. That's a whole different thing. So you can have good trade deals. That was earlier on, the trade deal. I made the trade deal earlier on. And it's a great deal. We're, we're taking in billions and billions of dollars of money in different forms, including the fact that we have a 25 percent tariff on $250 billion. It's a tremendous amount of money. Some of that money I've give, given to the farmers because they were targeted by China. And I gave $12 billion. I gave $16 billion. And this year, we're going to be given, giving approximately $19 billion to the farmers. But well, something happened. Something happened. I don't say misleading or not. I'll let you know that. I mean, I'll be able to give you that answer at some point in the hopefully not-too-distant future. Uh, 
But I will tell you, you take a look at what happened to this world. A month and a half, two months ago, we had the strongest economy in the history of the world. And all of a sudden, I have to close the economy. I have to close the country. So we've had tremendous death and tremendous sorrow and sadness. And nobody's ever seen anything like it. And so have most of the countries of the world. Most think of that. Most of the countries. 184, you tell me. It's probably low right now because I've been saying 184. 184 countries. Uh, they've suffered tremendously. Uh, it's uh, something that is going to have to be dealt with. And if you want proof that this uh, outbreak uh, that China allowed to happen or was bullied to force to happen or how it happened, which we will find out. And like you heard him say, well, I'm not going to tell you. Um, I'm, we're going to play just a few more minutes because there's a lot that he puts in here. And it all leads up to his executive order today because this was yesterday. OK, this was streamed. Uh, by the White House 21 hours ago. He said a lot of things. He said, yeah, Flynn will be coming back. Yes, he will be coming back. Mm, watch. He's going to say that. And remember, I told you, it's going to be Trump, Flynn, 2020. I'm putting that there. That man was maimed. Uh, you know, he's going to be in there. Uh, that general went through God knows what. And I can only imagine just how many times he was like, why have you forsaken me? And not just to God himself, but to his country. Why have I been forsaken? Why hasn't anyone come to my aid? This is not fair. This is not what America imagined. He's a general and this has happened. Imagine how many of it I'm going through it too. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? You know, I'm currently in litigation for something that they, they didn't even say I didn't. They just don't like me. And they can do that. There's no like, oh, you did this. Oh, you did that. What did I do? Nothing. But I need relief. From what? Nothing. And this, and there's three judges that have allowed this to happen. This happens. I'm not just saying it. It happens. It's happening to me. It's happening to me, and no one can do anything. I, do you not think I've been in correspondence with the Justice Department? Of course I have. And they're just like, well, we're watching. What are you watching? Remove the judges. Do something. Decision. Yeah, just be patient. I'm, I'm like that on, on like a, 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 an, an ant grain, like a, a, gran, a grain of sand scale compared to what General Flynn went through, okay? Grain of sand. Grain of sand. And I'm telling you, it's insane. It, it really is insane. It drives you insane because you're just like, this isn't happening. I'm being punked. I'm, you know, and for me who can see the future, yeah, looks great, but right now, don't like it. Okay. See the light at the end of the tunnel. Still don't like it. I'm just saying. And I'm patient, but I'm not. Okay. I've said this before. That's my flaw. You know, I, I just want things to just be done yesterday when I think about it. Now listen to the next like two, three minutes of what he says here. Super important. Mr. President, on the issue of loss, Vice President, on the issue of Vice President Biden has said you should lower the White House flag to half-mast. Are you going to do that? And are you thinking about leading the nation in a moment Nobody of mourning? I mean, I would, I would not mind doing that. I would say not only the White House flag, we could, we could do that. In fact, it's something that uh, I will be talking about later on. We have a meeting on various things. That's one of the topics, and we're going to bring that up. So I think lowering the flags would be something very appropriate 
Thinking about leading the country, though, in a moment of mourning for all of the lives lost, the more than 60,000 people. Of course I am. I don't think anybody can feel any worse than I do about all of the death and destruction that's so needless. Nobody. But I also have to make sure that we handle the situation well. Uh, nobody's thinking about it more. Nobody, uh, nobody has spent more time late in the evening thinking about what's happened to this country in a short period of time. But at the same time, we have to get our country open again. And we're doing that step by step. Tennessee is an example. Step by step, we're opening up our country. And I really believe that next year we can be I, maybe even beyond. We have a lot of stimulus and maybe even beyond. We'll see about, by the way, package four, phase four. But I really hope that we can be as good or better. I built it once and we're going to build it again. John, go ahead. You, you said a moment ago you will soon have information on where this virus originated. Uh, the director of national intelligence today put out a statement saying that they believe it was naturally occurring. It was not man-made. But who is that? Who is that that said that? The office of the director of national yeah, but intelligence. Who, who in particular? Who was the man that made that? Statement? It, was, it was a statement that the OD. Oh, he would know that huh? national intelligence. So we'll see. That I mean, would be your director of national intelligence. Rick no, I, no, I think I think it's. I mean, you'd have to tell me who specifically who made the statement. See who made the statement. What does that tell you? The statement was just put out under the office of okay, the ADN. We'll see. I mean, I have to see the statement. But, I just haven't but, seen it. But the question I had was, have you seen anything at this point? Because we're give looking at that, John, separately from... But we're looking at exactly where it came from, who it came from, how it happened, separately, and also scientifically. So we're going to be able to find it. And my question is, have you seen anything at this point that gives you a high degree of confidence that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was the origin of this virus. Wait for it. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And he's and he smirked when he said it. And I think that the World Health Organization should be ashamed of themselves because they're like the public relations agency for China. And this country pays them almost $500 million a year. And China pays them $38 million a year. And uh, whether it's a lot or more, it doesn't matter. It's still, they shouldn't be making excuses when people make horrible mistakes, especially mistakes that are causing hundreds of thousands of people around the world to die. I think the World Health Organization should be ashamed of themselves. Um, withholding federal aid from jurisdictions that are sanctuary cities. How serious is that consideration? Are you, and are you just well, I have the right to do that. But sanctuary cities, especially at a time like this, that's a very dangerous thing. Uh, our law enforcement hates it. They hate it. They want We want safe cities. We want sanctuary, but we want sanctuary for our citizens. And uh, we don't want sanctuary for criminals that came into our country illegally and they have big records and records. I won't go into the type of crimes, but the crimes are the ultimate in evil in many cases. No, we don't want them to have sanctuary in our country. We want to have strong borders. Look, I say it again. We want to have strong borders. I've been saying this for a long time, and I think people are agreeing with me. I really do. I think people are agreeing with me. The Democrats want to have open borders where people just come in. And you're not only talking about coming in from a crime standpoint, you're now talking about coming in with not only the disease that we happen to be talking about so much lately, but other diseases. And they want to have open borders. They want people to pour into our country. 
from no from who knows where they come. No, we're not doing that. We have a very strong border now, our southern border. And every day it gets stronger because we're building miles a day of very, very powerful wall. And that's a great thing for our country. That's so important for our country. And very few people are arguing with it. Yeah, please. Mr. President, you often describe this fight against the virus as a war. How do you define victory? So it is a war. And I define victory when it's gone and we open successfully. We have a successful country again. Now, it can never be a total victory because too many people have died. All over the world, people have died. In our country, in every country. I'm looking at, at the new list of countries. Look at what's going on with Russia. Look at what's going on with Spain is so, so incredibly harmed and injured by this. So many people are dying. This is, this is not something where you'll go to your traditional, gee, this was an experience. This is not an experience. This is a very bad experience. But what I want is we want the virus gone and we want to have a vibrant economy. We want people back. We don't want people necessarily sitting like these incredible people in front of me where they're sitting six feet apart. Instead, I mean, the, I want our country back. I want people to go you know, out and see football games and baseball games and basketball and hockey and golf and all of these sports and not worry about getting sick and violently ill. One of the things that was very interesting, you probably saw it, we put it out before, though, was uh, Sweden. And you compare the deaths in Sweden to Denmark and, and Finland and Norway. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but the deaths are very, very substantially higher in Sweden because they've used that as an example. Uh, Brazil is very high. If you look at what's gone on, the graph graphically very, very high, very, uh, very straight up almost. And Brazil, by the way, is trying to remove their president, right? So Bolsonaro is under attack by his own people, where they're actually, they just put a special counsel because they need to remove him. He's trying to liberate the Brazilians and they need to remove him. See, these are the things that are happening under the guise of this uh, coronavirus, taking advantage of a good tragedy, right? That's the way it goes, right? So it's 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 pretty insane um, on, on what moves are being made uh, by other nations during and under the guise. Now, Sweden, the president said, you know, they've had as many deaths. They kept it open. Um, they kept their place open. Uh, people were social distancing responsibly. You know, if you felt sick, you quarantined. If you felt scared, you quarantined. Uh, there was no forced shutdown or anything. I mean, after all, they need people to work because 50% of their salary goes straight to the government, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, but they see that the same numbers. Now we get the who coming out with like, oh, kind of looks like Sweden had the right idea. Wait a minute. So how did they have the right idea? You said everybody needs to be locked down. Now you're saying it's okay. We have the most insane stuff. Like in the state of Ohio, the governor yesterday said, uh, yeah, we're going to like reopen, but we're extending the stay at home order till the end of May. And it's like, okay. So then they're like, you can go out and go to places like bars and restaurants, but you have to stay at home. And it's like, all right, so am I allowed to go out or can I not, can I, can I go to the restaurant or am I not? So it's so confusing because they just want to keep you indoors and you know, you don't know why you're just like, okay, you're keeping me indoors because I'm going to die. So my body, my choice, if I want to go out and not really listen to you. 
right? Yeah. Is it my body, my choice? It is. And oh no, but it's not your choice. It's kind of like those vaxxers. You need to be vaccinated to protect everybody else. And it's like, but if you're vaccinated, what do you care if I'm not vaccinated? Oh, because for the people that can't be vaccinated, which is 0.0000001%. Okay. Noted. This is where we're at, right? This is where we're at, you guys. So what did the president do today, though? So China is a problem. And as you know, China does not want President Trump to be, uh, you know, uh, leading here. They do not want him to win the elections. And that has to go back to the fact that they have dropped some serious investments. So as you saw, Chinese firms have been buying up oil fields in Texas and investments are being done around the nation in oil fields. Right. <laughs> Uh, so it's like, I told you that North Dakota is red because China, not because they're a red state. It's because they're a Chinese state. And so here's where we start to see this all pan out. So apparently the president of the United States today, May 1st, 2020, signed a new executive order. Now, this executive order is interesting. Because this order targets the United States buying bulk power systems from enemy states. And um, see, bulk power systems are uh, electric equipment that is needed in, you know, the way you make oil, the way you use it for solar, wind energy, et cetera, et cetera. And so remember how he said when our planes, we were using Chinese steel, it was crappy Chinese steel. It's like holy Chinese steel. Well, now he ordered that nothing is coming out through that. It says that I, Donald J. Trump, president of the United States of America, find that foreign adversaries are increasingly creating and exploiting vulnerabilities in the United States bulk power system, which provides the electricity that supports our national defense, vital emergency services, critical infrastructure, economy, and way of life. The bulk power system is target of those seeking to commit malicious acts against the United States and its people, including malicious cyber activities, because a successful attack on our bulk power system would represent and would present, sorry, significant risk to our economy, human health and safety, and would render the United States less capable of acting in defense of itself and its allies. So he says, I further find that the unrestricted acquisition or in uh, or use in the United States of bulk power system electric equipment designed, developed, manufactured, or supplied by persons owned, controlled by, or subject to the jurisdiction or direction of foreign adversaries augments the ability of foreign adversaries to create and exploit vulnerabilities in bulk power system electrical equipment with potentially catastrophic events. So he ordered prohibiting, uh, prohibit. Uh, prohibitions and implementations of such. So, you know, this is this is going to be a big hit on Texas and North Dakota, specifically North Dakota, because they had Shanghai dumped a lot of money in the fracking uh, industry up by the Bakken. And China has invested heavily through, uh, you know, a couple parties removed into the Bakken and partial field oil fields. So, you know, and obviously invested in this app, this Chinese app uh, that, uh, you know, the governor of North Dakota is piloting. And so, so an article will be coming out on that this weekend because, like I said, I'm still dealing with, uh, you know, things uh, that I have to do with today. But 
This is pointing out where our problems are. We have people, remember I said the peripheries are just as important as the nerve center in Washington, D.C. I've said that many, many, many times. Peripheries like governors, peripheries like secretaries of state, peripheries like mayors, peripheries like attorney generals. These guys run states and the the United States is a collection of states. You should never leave your eye off any of them. And that's what's important. So I was kind of glad that, you know, even though Doug Burgum has been pushing himself on Fox and on news stations, pushing this, you know, Chinese app that, you know, Bloomberg has been funding, right? But he's been using taxpayer dollars to advertise is pretty insane. And you know what the biggest type of peripheries are? The little guys, like the senators and the and the congresspersons that we have elected that push these ideologies. Remember, I, I've said this before, and I want to um, repeat this because uh, In the Matrix actually retweeted this, and it's important that you guys hear it. General Flynn himself said, Islam is a political ideology based on a, re- uh, based on a religion. 100% true. Those are the most dangerous. Islam is a political ideology based on a religion. So this is a political system that we are facing, and we must defeat this political system. These guys, and also other adversaries of our country, you cannot sit there and go, geez, I don't know who, you know, I wonder who these guys are, sort of twiddling your thumbs. You can't sit there and say, I can't clearly define this enemy because when you cannot clearly define the threats that you're facing, you then can't cannot develop a a strategy to in actually you know to to defeat it. So you must clearly, precisely, and thoughtfully define the the enemy that you are facing that we are facing. We are in a war. It's a war declared by our enemy, and our government does not allow those in government to be able to clearly define what it is that we're facing. Radical Islamists and radical Islamism. You know, isms that we faced over the last 75 years, you know, Nazism, fascism, communism, you know, that now it's radical Islamism. It is a cancerous, barbaric, vicious form of element within side of the Islamic uh, system. Islam is a political ideology based on a religion. So this is a political system that we are facing and we must defeat this political system, the, the, the cancerous form of this political system, which is this radical Islam. And why would I play that? So you would say the Chinese have nothing to do with it. See, the way the Chinese operate is the way that is, is Islamic terrorism operates. So you understand the way they organize, the way they close down, the way they march, marshal along everyone. I mean, it's not a coincidence that Brennan is your leading Asia advisor, right? And he knows Asia Pacific. So does Gina Haspel very, very well. But he also is fluent in Arabic and frequently the Middle East. And remember, it was the Arabs that invested in creating uh, GSG in Luxembourg. It was the Arabs that invested in tech. It was the Arabs that invested in all these uh, companies that we supposedly have in Washington, D.C. with contracts with our federal government. When are we going to shut that down? It is the Arabs that were everywhere. But it wasn't just an Arab. It was an Islamic terrorist ideology Arab. There we go. Because Islam in itself 
allow it to, 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 to exist benign because just the way they have radicalized Islam, they have radicalized Christianity in the past, radicalized Judaism, radicalized Hinduism. It's all, all can be radicalized because the minute it comes out from the portion of it being a religion of love to a religion of law, that's a problem. There's got to be that balance. You shouldn't radicalize an idea or you shouldn't radicalize theology in general. And this is why we see that the Chinese, why they're so successful in keeping their citizens obedient is because they regulate religion. They cut out, they cut out parts of the Bible. They cut out parts of everything. And the thing they don't like about Muslims in China is that there's two competing, uh, you know, ideologies. They're, they're one in the same communism and Islamic terrorism. One comes and rules with a very iron and blatant fist. The other one rules with a blatant fist. You can't see until it's so far up your tushy, you know, you can taste it. So this is how they operate. It's all about infiltration. And the infiltration in our nation had happened successfully decades ago decades ago and the peripheries are the ones that are taking it to the top watch the governor stand in line as they pull their pants down watch them applaud them and then take them down because right now the people are at the point of no return and the one thing we don't want to do is give them satisfaction we will not let them force us to come out onto the streets and start to riot. We won't do that. We're going to use peaceful means. We are going to use the boundaries of the law. Those are our goalposts, and we will not ping pong within them. We will use them straightforward because that's who we are. And we will stand up for what we know are our rights. And thank goodness the President of the United States has implemented those mechanisms so that you can be heard. God bless everyone from all of us here at Red State. God bless. Thank you so much for all of you that support me through Subscribestar. I appreciate each and every one of you. Have a wonderful weekend. See you on Monday.